0: Hi, how's it going? I'm Pastor Russell Howard. Every week we get together about this time and take a a slightly deeper look into some things around the passage that we've looked at the previous Lord's Day. And I am glad that you're with us for this podcast. This is Beyond the Notes. We talked about the feeding of the 5,000 last Lord's Day at McGregor, and we shared some some interesting sort of broad contextual truths about this passage that I think bear reiterating. One One of the things that I find most interesting is because this is timed, according to John 6, verse 4, this is about the Passover. We have a reference in this same paragraph to the green grass, which tells you that it's spring. In the Middle East, the grass doesn't stay green all summer like it does here in Fort Myers, if you water it or you get a lot of rain, uh, it greens up in the spring, but by early in the summer, it's it's burned back off because it's such a desert climate. So we, we we absolutely can be confident for those two reasons. Not that we need two reasons, but that we're in this Passover. It is the one year out time marker in the earthly ministry of Jesus. The next time it's Passover is going to be the, the week of that Passover where Jesus is going to go to the cross. So we now enter the last... Year of Jesus' ministry, though we've only covered five chapters in John and and have from chapters six to 21 to get through the rest of the earthly ministry of Jesus, including, of course, the post-resurrection appearances. Uh, It's fascinating how how non-evenly John handles the passage of time, because as I shared yesterday, our our Sunday morning on uh, chapter 12, we enter the last week of Jesus' life, and chapter 13, we enter the last night, so there's a there's a there's a time use that's a little bit non typical in John compared to the other Gospels. Another thing that's interesting about this particular uh, miracle, this signpost of John, is it's the only miracle apart from the resurrection of Christ that receives coverage in all four Gospels. John very frequently presents us unique material. It's as though God the Holy Spirit, through the pen and mind of the apostle John, knew that there were any number of things that had been well-covered in the uh, decades earlier synoptic or one-eye, through-one-eye Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And John comes along some decades later to, to provide new insights and cover things that those three Gospels don't cover, uh, at least don't cover all that deeply. <clears throat> but here, John closely parallels the accounts of the other Gospels, adding some some details of his own. But there's another there's another major contextual thing going on here that I just didn't have time to mention yesterday. I knew if I did mention it, it would, it would need its own little uh, unfolding. That's why I'm grateful for this podcast. It gives me a chance to go back and point out something else that's, I think, very very special about this miracle, and that is, this miracle occurred in the midst of one of the one of the longest days of sort of ministry activity. Uh, we have in the, in the ministry of Jesus, if we put together the chronologies of all four Gospels and how this miracle is, is framed, this late afternoon, early evening miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. So I want to just talk through that very long day. And here, here is the encouragement that I want to leave you with at the end of, of talking you through this. Uh, you and I are going to have long days. And it's not the case that Jesus' long day here is longer than any day you'll ever have, days being 24 hours. But when you have a day that seems to be taking more out of you than you have to give, particularly if in that day you are involved in serving and meeting the needs of others, perhaps recalling this day in the life of Jesus will be a source of strength and encouragement for you. Early in the day, this very day, the disciples report back to Jesus from a from a mission and ministry He had sent them out on. In in uh, Mark six and Matthew nine and Luke nine, Jesus sends the disciples out two by two on a a, a multi evidently maybe even a multi week ministry to go out among the cities and towns of Galilee, professing uh, or proclaiming the gospel. Uh, it's a It's a missionary project. And this day, the day of the feeding of the 5,000, was the day that they all gathered back to Jesus. So early in the morning, he has welcomed his disciples back. He hasn't seen them for some time. And apparently it's this very morning, uh, one one, uh, implies or infers from the Matthew account specifically that, that Jesus learns. And I know Jesus learns is questionable. Let me come back. I'll talk about that in a minute. But humanly speaking, Jesus learns of the death of John the Baptist. Now, Jesus knew when John the Baptist died the instant um, that it happened because, of after all, he's he's God the Son, and it can get very, very nuanced, sort of parsing where the the humanity of Jesus is processing something versus the deity of Jesus is parsing something. But Jesus uh, learns. The, the news of the death of John the Baptist and has it driven home to his heart by the report of his disciples, John the Baptist was his forerunner, his friend, his cousin. Jesus was the man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and I'm certain he found the death of John the Baptist a grievous thing. So the day begins with the joyful report of his disciples, but also this terrible grieving news. And so, Jesus goes to seek solitude. He crosses the Sea of Galilee, called in the gospel, sometimes Lake Gennesaret, sometimes the Sea of Tiberius, uh, but it is that northern landlocked body of water up at the uh, upper end of the Holy Land in the north, that great freshwater lake, the Sea of Galilee. Jesus crosses it west to east, and he is explicitly looking for an opportunity for some solitude and some rest. He encourages the disciples in in Matthew 14, 13, to go with him for a period of of retreat and rest. uh, They're tired coming off their their missionary adventure. He is processing so much. When they arrive at the east side, that's when we learn this massive crowd, 5,000 men plus women and children, have basically tracked around the shore of the lake those many, many miles and have converged upon him on a day when what he seems to have wanted was solitude and rest, recovery, and prayer. And during the course of that long day, the Word of God says that Jesus spent that day teaching and healing pouring more and more out of himself on a day when he was aware he was tired. He was emotionally spent. Never never let a high view of the deity of Christ, which high view I certainly hold, never let a high view of the deity of Christ cause you to discount the humanity of Christ. And on a day where he would have said, I have little left to give. Nonetheless, he spends the day teaching and healing sickness among this crowd of people. And then it is as the evening approaches uh, and these people have not eaten all day comes this miraculous feeding that he does. Again, motivated, of course, by a grand teaching point he wants to make about being the source and sustainer of life but also motivated by simple compassion for the hunger in the crowd. That night, after the crowd disperses, he sends the disciples across the lake, and we'll talk about that this coming Lord's Day. And late at night, he's up on the the mountain there near the shore praying, but is able to look out across that great lake and see. And sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, in the fourth watch of the night, He sees his disciples struggling greatly against a headwind out on the lake. And this is the instance where he actually walks on the water out to them, stills the storm, and they continue on to the other shore. Here's the takeaway. Some days are long. Some days have hard things in them, demanding things in them that you wouldn't have anticipated and on those days, particularly if those days involve meeting the needs of others, your own desire to rest, your own desire to recover is not inordinately selfish. It's, it's quite human. Uh, do, do remember that on a, at least one day like that, our Savior had to dig more deeply and find a way to keep giving. <laughs> and uh, he did it first. So if you have to do it like so many other things, any things that are tough for us, the man of sorrows did it first and has shown us how and that it can be done. You know what I hope? I hope your week this week doesn't have any of those in it. I hope that you've got a week of of days of reasonable length and reasonable expectation. But you and I both know the next really hard day is coming. Hey, by now, I hope you're sharing our podcast with others. I hope you have liked and followed us on your platforms. And I hope you're telling your friends about our podcast beyond the notes, as well as our others. It is always a joy to spend this time with you. God bless you and good day.